0: Gold at $10,000? Death of the 40-year bull market in bonds? What's next for the global financial system after Russia's central bank gets canceled? Hi, a few people in my company have asked me to do a buy the dip video, and I just can't bring myself to do that. I'm not very good at making sales pitches, and that one is so Jim Cramer-ish. Instead, I can tell you, What I've always told you is why I buy, but I can also frame that today. This is important. I'm going to frame this in what is going on geopolitically right now and the economic environment. So uh, gold and silver, precious metals, are not some short-term speculation. Buy the dip says that you're going to buy at lows and uh, hopefully sell at highs. Well, markets go up and down. Gold and silver could go down for a period of a couple days or a couple months. Is this the bottom of the dip? I don't know. Uh, You know, it could go down further, but it can't go down a lot. But gold will go higher. This is something I am very confident of. I'm not guaranteeing it for you, I have bet my life that gold is going higher, a lot higher than where it is right now, and it is the geopolitical concerns that we've got going on right now and uh, and the rampant inflation that is the driver for astronomically high gold prices. So the risk-reward ratio, there is a little bit of downside risk potentially, but it's short term, and that is limited by the cost of gold mining, ultimately. Uh, The reward ratio is, is, as you're going to see toward the end of this video, uh, pretty darn high. So uh, this is the reason that I have bet my life on gold and silver. And here we have what's going on in the world today. So what's going on in the markets? The S&P 500 has rallied the past couple of days. So why is that? This is Friday, the 18th of March. Why have they rallied? Well, uh, right here, the Federal Reserve announced that they did a 25 basis point rate hike. That's one quarter of 1%. 100 basis points is 1%. So what does that mean? This is the dynamic yield curve. When the Fed goes and raises rates, they're talking about this one right here. This is the three month treasury. This is the rate on the two year. 5-year, 7-year, 10-year, 20-year, and 30-year. These are uh, bills, notes, and bonds. Uh, And so uh, they raised this rate. But I want to point out a couple of things. This is the S&P 500 index, and you see this giant bull market that it's been in since 2008. But you can take this and sweep it across and watch that rate change. Now watch the two-year, especially this second one compared to the 10-year, right there in the middle. Whenever that inverts and the two-year is higher than the 10-year, we have had a market crash along with a recession. And then here it is again, the two and the 10 invert, and then a market crash, the global financial crisis of 2008, a pretty severe recession. Then Ben Bernanke pegs us at zero, and uh, it goes along, and... uh, Yellen takes over and Powell takes over uh, we raised rates a little because uh, they finally uh, were able to generate some inflation and they wanted to sort of slow down the markets well you can see that the markets sort of freaked out over that uh, there was on again off again tapering and uh, and uh, quantitative easing uh, and then and there was uh, one period of quantitative tightening And then we have this big old market rally, and then uh, the peak, and then it's pulling back. But watch here where they change the rates and they go up 2.5 basis points. Don't just watch the three month, but watch the two year. The two year went up like a full point. The, uh, The three month went up a quarter point, but the two year went up by about a point. And the point of all of this is that the the two-year and the 10-year are very close once again to a spread that could, it doesn't take much now for the two-year to be above the 10-year predicting a severe recession and market crash, and I believe with what I'm going to show you next, how skewed the economy is now, that this would be the greatest crash in history and a a very, very severe severe recession, one that may turn into a depression, uh, which we may or may not ever come out of. Who knows what the future brings? Uh, I think that we will come out of it, but that will provide the opportunity Uh, Gold and silver should go into some astronomical figures. And at that point, uh, other asset classes will become undervalued. And that's when you do want to sell a portion of your wealth insurance that has given you spectacular gains and move into the next asset class that offers great gains. This is that three-month Treasury bill. Uh, It's the yield on it going back to 1982. And what you see here, you know, this is almost 16%. Uh, In the 90s, uh, the Nasdaq started to go into a speculative bubble. Alan Greenspan called it irrational exuberance. And he started to uh, tighten and raise interest rates. And here we are up at 6%, above 6%. And so uh, he raised it until he popped the Nasdaq bubble and caused a recession and then lowered it down too far and held it down too long and he, didn't, he was trying to get the markets to go back up. He didn't see the real estate bubble that he had created over here. By the time he saw it, he started raising rates very methodically, very carefully, trying not to pop that bubble, but to bring us into for what he called a soft landing. Then Ben Bernanke took over, and we didn't have a soft landing. We had the global financial crisis of 2008. What did Ben Bernanke do? He, Bernanke was cleaning mopping up the uh the the disaster that was created by the Alan Greenspan bust. The Al, Alan Greenspan created two busts. Bernanke's reaction was to take it for to zero and hold it for way too long. He should have started the the raising interest rates like he is now back in 2011 uh and and they didn't. They kept it going. Uh he started raising rates uh Janet Yellen took over. Uh, then Powell and then we had the global health crisis they took it back down to zero. Now they've raised it just a tad there. What else happened during that period of time? Ben Bernanke took the currency supply from 0.8 something billion up to uh, 4 billion and then Yellen, Yellen came in and did a little bit of taper and then we did some quantitative tightening. I think this was under Powell here and uh, then that uh, didn't work very well. We had a little crisis. They created a bunch of currency with repurchase agreements, not measured on in this graph uh, here. So there was an emergency going on back here. Uh, they uh, addressed that with repos. Then we have the global health problem, and this is where we are today. So uh, you know this is huge, from 0.8 to 6.1 trillion of base currency. So we've manipulated the economy in both those directions, interest rates and that. Now I've been buying wealth insurance since gold was $315 an ounce and I found out about silver uh, when it was how undervalued it was back in uh, early 2003. Uh, So gold since October of 2002. And I have been buying steadily through this whole thing Now, there's some patterns here I'm going to discuss in a moment that are extremely bullish. You already know about one of them. But I want to point you to these two articles here. Uh, The Gold Market Update by Clive Mond. Slingshot advance is still in its infancy. Slingshot. So this is the uh, big move. We are going there. There may be some pullbacks left. Uh, I'll show you something in a minute but also read still huge upside from here on the silver market update. This is much bigger upside actually than gold because of the gold silver ratio. But here's a pattern, you know, I've mentioned the cup and handle pattern, which includes all of this, but there is also an inverse head and shoulders going on. We haven't broken the neckline yet, but when we do, uh, look out, there should be some big, big fireworks. So what was going on back in the 70s? This is the 1970s here, and this was one of the greatest bull markets of all time. Uh, Silver went up 37 times its original price. Gold went up 24 times its original price. But as you can see here, the big move comes at the very end. And the difference here, uh, if If you compare this to the market that we've already had in precious metals, the move from the year two thousand up to two thousand eleven was a greed driven mania uh, and here, this big old spike here is a panic driven buying spike in precious metals, so this is where well this is people chasing after gold and silver as wealth insurance. And so, what drove this? What drove it was the uh, Iran hostage crisis, the oil embargo, so very, very high oil prices, and raging inflation. Well, you know, this is something I've been talking about this bull market for, uh, you know, a decade. And I I said, you know, this is what drove it. Uh, But when I was saying that, I was saying that when we had when we were fighting deflation and the Fed could not achieve two percent inflation target, they kept on creating currency, lowering interest rates, and nothing worked. They couldn't create the inflation that they wanted back then, uh, and uh, so we were fighting deflation. We didn't have the threat of some global, some huge war. Today we have raging inflation, high oil prices, and the, the tail risk potential. But this is a potential. It's a tail risk. It's not the most probable outcome but it's within the realm of possibilities. World War Three. This isn't 50 hostages being held by a little hostile government that doesn't really have any weapons. This is the other great nuclear power and the United States and to me this is time for wealth insurance. So uh, what else is different? Well, Back in the 70s, if you look at this chart, this is the uh, amount that the U.S. owes our debt as a percentage of gross domestic product, and it was uh, down at 44% in 1941, and then with World War II, almost 120%. But in the 70s, you had 35%, 31 It averaged about one-third of the U.S. economy. Uh, now we're up at, at 106, but wait a minute, this chart stops in 2019. Why? It's annual data, and for some reason they, they know what 2020 was, and now they know what 2021 was, but they haven't posted it yet. I wonder why? Well, this chart gives you historic context. It goes back to 1939. Uh, the next chart zooms up on it. it, it, it this is quarterly data. It's as of the end of last year, uh, except it only goes back to 1966. But still, you can see there's there's 30.8%, there's 30.7%, 30.6%. So that decade averaged about one-third of GDP, and now we're up at uh, 123% of GDP, coming down from of GDP. So we're already in this debt pit. We have these astronomical asset bubbles in stocks, bonds, and real estate. It's the almost everything bubble, not the everything bubble. Gold and silver are not in a bubble. And they were the number one, and and until cryptos, Gold. The the bull market of the 70s was the greatest bull market in the shortest period of time that mankind had ever experienced. And uh, that day is coming again. So uh, gold at $10,000, death of the 40-year bull market in bonds. What's next for the global financial system after Russia's central bank gets canceled? Uh, and then down here further in the article, the shockwaves are still being felt by the incredible Western sh- sanctions. Hmm, the shockwaves are being felt by the sanctions? That, <laughs> anyway, that have rendered the $630 billion in reserves the Russian central bank accumulated virtually unusable. Uh, can the current dollar-centered global financial system last? if money can be summarily canceled. Arthur Hayes uh, argues that central banks will choose instead of dollars to load up on either gold, storable grains like wheat, or storable commodities like oil and copper. In essence, the largest surplus countries, fiat currencies, will implicitly grow their gold or commodity backing. Uh, Luke Groman says, that of, of Forest for the Trees, says that the shift has happened even before the sanctions. Uh, over the last eight years, global central banks have bought about $260 billion worth of gold compared to 60 billion U.S. Treasuries. This is something you need to keep an eye on because Uh, The world's central banks are sort of anticipating that something may be up. Russia has been one of the largest gold accumulators in the world for a long time now. So they were getting ready for something happening. So in summary, what I want to leave you with is this. This is the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, inflation calculator. And if gold was $850 back in January of 1980 when it peaked and it was at $850, according to the CP lie, which always underestimates inflation, gold should be3099, so $3100 today, according to the CP lie. Is it uh, headed there? I believe absolutely yes. Is it going to go far, far higher than that? I believe absolutely yes. What happens if we uh, take a look at silver for the purchasing power it had back in 1980? We're talking about $182 silver today. That's where the price should be at if it goes into the same type of bubble, except the fundamentals are. We're no longer paying off our debt, we're going deeper and deeper and deeper into debt, and we've dug ourselves this giant pit which we will never climb out of without some sort of default. Uh, We have raging inflation again. We have really high oil prices, and oil is on very, very shaky ground, and we have the possibility of (laughs) World War III. I, I can't believe that I'm saying that, but we've got these very dangerous scenarios out there So gold and silver, to me, are the best wealth insurance. You've got health insurance. You've probably got enough. Do you have enough wealth insurance for what is going on in the world today? I want to thank you for watching. We'll see you next time.